Hello, and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. I'm Joe, and Sam is here as always. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hello. Um, so we are finally at the end of this uh, season. This very, well, normal length season, but feels very long after the 2020 season. Um, and uh, yeah, the, well, we just had the Braves clinching the World Series two days ago. Um, so we're going to talk about that a bit, dive into that, how they did it. Um, and also, um, we had, had some very big news about um, Buster Posey retiring. So we'll go on to that as well. Um, so to begin with, uh, the World Series. Yeah, it was... I, you were just saying before we started recording about it, it was kind of a slightly tame ending to it because it was a blowout, really, for the clinching game. Um, but a pretty competitive series before that. Um, my prediction for the series, not only that the Astros would win, but that it would be high scoring was generally pretty wrong. Um, and kind of an astonishing thing, I, the fact that Atlanta won this year is like the fact they won a world series given the amount of talent they've had and where they they've like been winning their division and look like a threat and all of this stuff and they've had prospects coming through still but for this to be the year they win kind of just shows what a lottery the playoffs is really i mean the the thing was some point july like mid-july they're um they had like a 0.2 percent chance of winning the world series or something yeah those prediction things um and yeah, I mean, they weren't even top of the division, were they, for a long time? They, I don't think they... Wasn't there something that they're like the... Um, the longest like the longest time to get to a winning record out of all teams to ever get to the World Series? Something like that. Yeah, and like, um, they were around 500 at the deadline. Um, worst win total of any of the playoff teams... All of these things, and then you add in that they lost players, and then they lost Morton in the World Series. Um, it was a really. This is basically the weakest Braves team there's been in the last few seasons, as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously Acuna being missing. Whereas I think that's a, an interesting thing. Actually, I sort of like that in in sports when you look back on it and these sort of moments and how it leads on to other things. And I think you could say, uh, really quite convincingly, that they wouldn't have won the World Series if Acuna hadn't got injured. Yeah, because they wouldn't have made all of those trades. At the time, it seemed like, oh, those chances for this year are over. Just got to wait till Acuna's back. But in fact, yeah, that meant that then meant they traded for um, like all of the outfielders, and that was basically the offense throughout the postseason. Were the players they traded for to replace Acuna. And down the stretch, they got a lot of big gains from those guys in September as well. Um, and I think we all, there's always a desire, and it's part of just the narrative of sport, but it seems to be the case, perhaps in baseball more than others, I feel like, that every time someone wins, we have to have a take on it. Like, it has to be the start of this trend or this trend. I'm guilty of it too. I mean, the Cubs being a dynasty was my my favourite example of ridiculousness, um, like that. And the Braves, 
there's already been some stuff floating. People want to make it an old school thing or it's an analytics thing. And it's none of those things, really, because, I mean, it's this was a team getting hot at the right time and they were amazing in the playoffs. But also, is they were still an 88-win team. Yeah. The, the one takeaway that I think you can have is about, and it often won't work, but is about the aggressiveness of the trade deadline. I'm pretty sure when we did a podcast previewing it, we said, well, they could sell. They don't have much to sell, but they could sell. They look like they're in trouble now they've lost to Cunha. And that they then, they weren't reckless. They didn't do silly things. They they just made these small deals and it's kind of become this thing that they, they gave up basically nothing to get all of those outfielders because they're flawed either in their very splitty or streaky hitters or not good defenders, but they picked up this kind of whole new outfield that turned their season around pretty much. And that's just the sort of thing that teams don't do. They very yeah, rarely I, do I that. I think that's the really story of this really, isn't it? The brave season is the trade deadline. Yeah. That's what did it. And while, um, and the really interesting thing with that is that while it was this explosive deadline with the Nationals and the Cubs tearing it down, two of the recent World Series winners, Scherzer, Turner, Bryant, Baez, all of these guys getting traded. And it's not only those trades that meant they won the World Series, but like like you said, they clearly weren't going to win the World Series if they didn't make those trades. And they all went under the radar a little bit. Because yeah. individually, they were quite small deals on reputation, at least, compared to the other guys who got moved. Yeah, but then also, there are also all guys that have had periods in their career, like last few years, where they have been really, really good. And uh, yeah, they're just clever deals, really, I think, all of them. I mean, at the time, I thought that was they don't need that many outfielders, but it's basically, it's sort of the classic Moneyball situation, isn't it, I think? Of, um, you know, we're losing uh, Giambi, but we can just re- replace his production by committee. Sort of. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. And there's also, um, they've not been con- seen as a champion of it because it was well, been the Giants thing this year, really, the matchup stuff. But what they did was they got guys who, they the reason that their reputation is smaller perhaps is yeah because they're flawed players that's also part of the the moneyball film story at least isn't it is yeah. how they 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 found kind of the market the the weakness in the market was people don't seem to want jock Pedersen because he can't hit lefties at all and it's like well that doesn't matter if you end up facing a load of righties in the playoffs and he just keeps hitting them over the wall in right field um and Jorge and Soler, Soler is a bad defender. Yeah, but, but also he hits he's always the ball. For quite a long time. Is, yeah, he's been a ridiculously powerful hitter. And last couple of years, he's actually started getting numbers, like actually getting production from that as well. Yeah, and he's just a really good hitter with huge power. And yeah, um, It's one of those as well, isn't it? Where usually people talk about the start of a dynasty, and because of because of this, they're basically coming from these trades that aren't aren't players you expected them to have. I don't know as well. Are they like free agents? Do you know? I think I'm pretty sure they're all free agents, which is why they were so cheap. Um, yeah. um, is this this is not that at all, is it? I mean, 
you were sort of expecting the Braves are one of the teams who come out of rebuild and they're sort of hoping to have a dynasty or win a couple of titles or something. Um, but it's not you weren't expecting them to do it this way, quite. I suppose. No, you weren't. We weren't expecting them to do it where Acuna wasn't playing, Soroka was not playing all year, and that actually the main contributors were veterans that they got from other teams. You thought it would have been, yeah, built around Acuna and Freeman. And then other prospects coming through and help. I mean, I, Freed was spectacular in the postseason. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, a weird thing, isn't it? Is that there did seem to be a path for the Braves, definitely to be champions and potentially to have a mini dynasty sort of thing going on. And they've done it in this weird way that actually doesn't look dynasty ish. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't look like the start of a dynasty. Um, other than the pitching, the pitching potentially that they've got so many arms still. I think it shows as well, though, that it's, I don't know, being flexible is still very important, which is, again, going back to Giants, it's the thing with them really this year, is you look at that, what they've done this year, and it doesn't also doesn't look particularly like, oh, yeah, they're going to do this again next year. But also you think about it, like, you, I don't know, it's almost... It's almost the faith is in uh, the decisions that the like front office makes and the management makes, rather than the actual roster. Um, which, in some ways, I think is almost like a more secure thing. Is it like, you know, they made a load of right decisions. Maybe they'll do it again next year and and just make the right moves and stuff. Yeah, I think it's basically, well, it's uh, <laughs> to borrow a Philadelphia phrase, it's trusting the process, isn't it? Is is yeah. the, the, the process to how they make their decisions made them make a string of good decisions and that they should be able to do that again. Um, the issue is, and it, I mean, we'll come on to this with the Posey stuff and with the Giants as well, is, and actually even with the Dodgers for next year, is when there's so many decisions to be made, even if you believe in their process of getting that uh, they make good decisions repeatedly, there's then just more variables. There's more like all of those trades they made at the deadline came off to a degree. Yeah. And if one of them completely flops or one of them gets hurt for the whole of like is out for the year somehow, we're suddenly talking about they, they don't even win the division. I mean, Guillermo Heredia has been getting some at, at bats, doesn't he? I guess. Yeah. Or, pass you couldn't hit the ball at all is playing a lot again um and i think that's the thing is is it's just that and yeah so i don't know how many they might they're going to try and keep a couple of those guys you'd think but you'd imagine they're all going to get significant free agent deals the way the braves have been run the last few years they're not going to pay all of them and they've got to pay freeman this offseason they're obviously going to pay freeman you think um is as much as you can believe in their decision making, occasionally they're, they're up through misjudgment or bad luck. You do get stuff wrong, and this just kind of like fell for them, didn't it? Um, and not to say it was fortunate, but it's a big ask. I think. I think um, Acuna being back obviously does does counterbalance that a bit. I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean. Like, like I said, they wouldn't have done this and they wouldn't have needed these guys if Acuna was fit. Or they didn't think they'd need them anyway. That makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, another thing actually I'd want to touch on is I think when we talk about going into the World Series, didn't we go through like strengths and weaknesses of the teams? And did we say the Braves potentially their bullpen? Uh, yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, their numbers so. throughout the uh, postseason, in the back four of the bullpen, ended up actually being really good. Yeah. Um, which and I that's... guess is, that's another thing is if if your weakness can end up can somehow not be a weakness for like a couple of weeks. Uh, so that's how it happened, isn't it? That's how you can win a World Series. Well, and it's also that the back four is what is why um, like bullpen ERA and bullpen numbers as a whole can be a bit misleading because they can really get screwed by if you just have a guy you throw out there to like eat innings when you're losing. I know that doesn't happen as much in the playoffs, but so all of the games they won, they kept Houston to two or fewer. And I, I forgot to jot down the numbers, but it was similar against the Dodgers. Through these whole playoffs, they've had a great record at keeping teams to two or fewer runs. And I mean, like, you've got a very good chance of winning if you do that, basically, haven't you? Yeah. And that is obviously not just their starters. That's they, they keep the starter gives up one or two through their five or six, and then they hand it over to the bullpen. And it's, it's you win with three or four runs. And that's that's so, so massive. If you have that back end that just like locks down games you're ahead in, I mean it's kind of very obvious stuff. Not giving up runs in baseball is good, but is yeah I think it's also it's very specific stuff, isn't it? When you look at how good a bullpen's been, because that that's the bit that really matters. While while having the depth is is nice and everything to keep close in games that you do go behind in. Yeah, it depends how you're using it as well. Because I think like we said before. Going into this, is the Astros and the Braves were the two teams that really stayed closer to the traditional starter sort of thing with the pitching um, yeah. changes. And if you are doing that, then it then that's when the back four is the really important bit, I think. Whereas with the Dodgers, for example, when they're just messing around all over the place, it was like didn't matter how many good relievers they had; it's like they were just going to run out. And they did. Yeah. Really. Well, and they're going to burn them out and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, that, that's true, is is that they, they were just set up to starter gives us a normal length start and then we work through with our, with our relievers. And um, shock horror, that still works. Getting good starts from your guys who were all-star level-ish in the regular season and then handing over to your best relievers yeah works who could have I mean, who could have seen that coming the one game actually they did try and go for an opener um the braves game four they went for an opener did they Dylan yes Lee? they did at one point is he a relief pitcher i don't really know who dylan lee is i've got to be honest yeah he is it, it was like his it, it was a historic thing i was like his debut or something crazy okay that's why i don't know who he is then um but yeah so he came and gave up a run and then they went straight to carl wright and then it basically ended up Carl Wright, basically five innings from Carl Wright and then to the back end but that, of the bullpen. That was also a different one though because I know Carl Wright is the starter in theory. That's like, like we spoke about with the Dodgers not to get into the weeds on their pitch pitcher management stuff again but the Dodgers had three aces and didn't, that was Carl Wright who struggled as a starter in the majors and that yeah. was because they just lost, they only had two starters by that point and it was that was basically a bullpen game really wasn't it? 
it, it worked out as an opener, but if Wright had done two or three innings and then they used more relievers, that was like a needs must sort of thing was just starting Kyle Wright. Like I, I kind of get needing to do something different then. It's the, the difference between that and what other teams have done is where you, they've got an ace and then they were messing around in front of the ace and that sort of thing is that we'll just pitch the ace like yeah. you do in the regular season. Um, whereas Kyle Wright, that they wouldn't he's have wanted that, him in, that, in that, that playoff rotation. He's the weak link, really, wasn't he? By a long way. Well, because he's not really meant to be there, basically, I think. Yeah. I mean, actually, I guess game one, you ended up Morton coming out early, which that was only due to injury. So that sort of doesn't really count. But they weren't, yeah, they weren't. Generally, it was like the starter would did five innings. They pitched like a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Which Um, is not that... Yeah. I think it's... I I mentioned this in the last podcast, and I think it is good for the sport as a spectacle to have that still. To have the starters being starters. I think... I, I like all of the inventive stuff i think there's there's a clearly a place for it in the game but i think having that matchup stuff particularly when you get to a world series game is this guy against this guy on the mound i think that there is a benefit to having not every game being like that but still having a bit of that and it clearly worked for them because they had good starters um yeah it's just it's always seemed a bit a bit like trying to reinvent the wheel to me if you've got guys who are good starting pitchers who've started yeah. all year, why would you p- bring them in in the third inning? The, the, the thing is, inning? like you were saying about being analytics or old school or whatever, it's still not that either, is it? Because it wasn't... It's not like they did it old school because they still had the thing with right, like they went for an opener one game. It was a bit... There was yeah, new just, stuff in there and, and it, they were doing five innings, not like eight. Well, yeah, and they weren't just pitching them until they were on 110 pitches because that's yeah. what they have to do. So I think, like, it's, it's that's what I mean. They have that's to just clever baseball, isn't it? Just, instead of, yeah... It was a. It was basically. I think they. They played it with the pitching like, like a lot of teams do regular season games now, like modern regular season games. Um, maybe like a you know slightly quicker hooks in some places, but mostly not. Whereas, a lot of teams these playoffs seem to go to. Okay, we're now, we're now playing a different sport completely. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think the stuff with that, I get the reasoning for it, and sometimes I can kind of get behind it. It also it just comes across as like a panic to me, just like yeah. going so treating every game like it's a game seven. He's like, but it's not a game seven, so you don't I need think, to do yeah. that. You do have I, to win tomorrow as well. I think that's the thing, actually. Yeah, really, that is. Maybe that set them apart from a lot of the other teams in the. Because so here, this here's an example actually. Game two, we were talking about this with the uh, with like the Dodgers of where they were basically, like you said, they're treating every game like game seven, and they managed to keep every game close. But then they had a lot of games. It was like, okay, we've used our whole bullpen, and lost. Um, but only just lost. Whereas so this game game two when the Braves lost, so it's when the Astros tied at one one at that point. So that's. Early in the series, the Braves have one under their belt. 
Um, so that Max Fried still gave them five innings. But he actually gave up six earned runs. Yeah. So and um, and I mean actually there was five of those were in the first and second inning, whereas most teams and the Astros actually did it a few times in this series. Um, and I think in certain situations, like you say, I think the Astros maybe being behind is like they would they had to do that really a bit. Um, you're five runs down, or you've given up five runs the first two innings, then you take the starter out. And it's like, okay, but we've already not got a great chance of winning this game. And now we're going to burn for a whole bullpen. Um, Some teams would have pulled him after the first inning or in the first inning. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then maybe you had to go to another starter and then used up like Carl Wright's innings then to try and keep it at 3-0. And it's like, well, you're already... Yeah, I don't know what your percentage chance yeah. is if you're 3-0 down up to one inning, but it's not good. And that's that's what I mean, is that there must be something informing those decisions, but I I would love to see it explained properly why you, people would do that, um, other than, oh my God, we can't lose today, we must not lose I, today, I everything's all it, in for really. today. Basically, it's, it's, it's treating every game like it is the, the final game. Like it is... We, which every postseason game is really big, but there also has to be some distinction, like because there is a big difference between a game early in the series that you've gone down early on in, and a game seven. That that is still a very big difference, even though that postseason game is a lot more important than your average regular season game. So yeah, okay, maybe you consider that to some degree. It's also is is not is not a game seven. You've got to think of, you have to win tomorrow as well, don't you? That's the thing. Is in that instance, taking Freed out to give yourself a, a slightly better chance of coming back. Not to mention that even if Max Freed has started poorly, he's still your best pitcher. So why wouldn't you just go with him if you want to keep the game close? Um, yeah, I think some of it actually does come from kind of being sport for choice some of these teams they've got super deep bullpens that they say they trust everyone in there is it becomes oh well if we take him out now we've got a reliever does each inning and we're through whereas the braves would be like i guess like i was saying is their back four are amazing but if they're three nil down they're not going to use them and it's like what we take freed out and put in our kind of like semi mop-up guys what's the point freed's yeah. not pitching for another four or five days anyway so he might as well do his start and if he gives up six, he gives up six. If he gives up nine, then fine. As long as we don't end up having to have him throw 40 pitches, 50 pitches in an inning, then we've got a problem. Um, yeah, I, I think that actually, in a way, having sort of like, you know, these seven or eight, but bullpens where you have seven or eight guys you completely trust and you think, oh, well, we'll just bring them in and we won't give up any more runs. It kind of gets you into this, oh, we'll just use them all, all the time get a bit like giddy with it <laughs> yeah oh, yeah we talked about it a large didn't we and um I, throughout this postseason really i think particularly with the dodgers but yeah i mean it does seem to me that is like the been the difference between the braves and other teams is um yeah not just losing their heads because it's the postseason as well i think yeah yeah in, i agree in, in terms of the management uh really um yeah have you got any more on the world series to um i don't think so 
not for now. I mean, yeah, it was unexpected, unexpected matchup, and then the most unexpected uh, champion. Yeah, I. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating. Um, I would say, and I felt like this the Astros before because they keep losing players and then somehow win their division by miles again. But this feels. I know they got there without McCullers and basically without Grenke or Verlander, with Correa likely to walk and Verlander a free agent and Grenke a free agent. I wonder what, at some point, they're not going to just keep running away and winning ninety-five games. Um, yeah, it will be. I'm really intrigued to see what happens with them this off-season, how they spend all that money that's coming off their books, and just what comes next for them, basically because this felt like a really big missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they're not as strong as they were a couple of years ago, are they? They're, in terms of rotation. And oh, no, the really... pitching's incomparable, really, is it? Yeah, and I I think it's it's just, well, it's going to be... Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, it looks like it's going to just decline a bit more as well, like you say, with no Verlander, no Granke anymore. And McCullers has injured a lot throughout his career anyway, to be honest. I mean, he managed to actually pitch a lot this regular season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, some of these young guys actually did have, like Lewis Garcia, did actually have a decent, a very decent regular season. Yeah, they, they've got guys it's there. About it's like just what those guys develop into, but they, yeah, they don't, they don't seem like those sort of ace caliber guys, do they? I mean, and you don't I'd get like many guys like that anymore. I'd like to see, um, yeah, what I'm, how aggressive they are basically this off season. So obviously, whether they keep Carrera is huge, um, but yeah, do they make a trade for a pitcher again or try and sign one of the top available starters or something? That's what in, interests me with them because um, they have yeah. got. I wouldn't be shocked if they won their division again next year, even if they don't do very much. But they just at some point like you see with teams in all sports, if you keep losing players, you just, it's like a talent drain, isn't it? The people keep leaving you in free agency is a problem. Yeah. Do they actually, oh, I might be very, do you remember what happened to Forrest Whitley? So I guess we're going down a bit of a, we're going to bust the it. we're going down a little bit of a Astros. Hole. He got suspended, didn't he? Okay, yeah. So he got because before that, he'd had Tommy John, hadn't he? So he'd missed a lot of time with that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, because he was meant to be like... I think he got suspended. I'm just going to check that. Big pitching prospect coming through, wasn't he, a couple of years ago? Oh, that was only 2018 he got suspended. And he went... Yeah, he had Tommy John this year. It was okay. tw- back in 2018. I got it the wrong way around. I thought he had Tommy John a couple of years ago and then got suspended. But now he's, he's on his way back from Tommy John. So that that's something to keep an eye on for them. Um, if they could add him to Valdez Garcia, yeah, then yeah, you, you've got a solid rotation potentially. He has been. I mean, it was so yeah. Looking at these prospect ranks, it was like 2019 when he was so he was like a top 10 prospect on all the lists in 2019. He's dropped down the lists a bit since like Tommy John, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, he's actually he's actually not pitched since 2019, I guess. The pandemic and then Tommy John. 
Yeah. So there's a bit of an unknown, really, isn't it? You have no idea what he's yeah. going to be. But he was meant to be the guy when you're talking about the rotation and like the next ace. He was meant to be the guy, and yeah, um, yeah. I think it is all about the rotation. What they do next at bat for them, because their their lineup should still be really strong. I mean, Carl Tucker's broken out. Alvarez is a, a, Alvarez just an awesome hitter to watch. And they're still going to have Bregman, Altuve, Yuli Gurriel. Even if Crayer leaves, Brantley. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's all there, isn't it? Really. Yeah, they might still have the best offense in baseball, even if they lose Correa. To be honest, is that's how deep that offense is at the moment. Um, yeah, I guess we'll do an off. We'll do like a proper look ahead to the off season in a week or so, um, or two. Who knows what speed the off season is going to move at? Yeah, it might not move at all. Actually, we'll do some. We'll do some looking down the free agent list and just randomly speculating i guess in a couple of weeks or something yeah yeah i think so um but yeah let's let's actually move on now finally we've um to the news that broke yesterday yesterday evening here it was like pretty late wasn't it um that buster posey is going to retire yeah press conference today at some point um I mean, I don't think many people were expecting it at all. I think no. um, I remember a quote from Zaidi, you know, when they got knocked out, and talking about because Buster Posey has a had a player option for this next season, and after this year, he was talking about oh yeah, they're probably going to extend him, and Zaidi was saying how you know that he still uh, still sees him as like a really core member of the team and everything. Um, and yeah, I guess. Well, that's not happening anymore. Um, the only thing is, so Pavlovich, Alex Pavlovich, the uh, Giants beat writer, he was saying he doesn't. It, it's coming at some point, but I, I, I would seem pretty confident it wasn't going to be now that he'd retire. But then you also look back on some of the comments he made, and even stuff Saidi said, and now with the hindsight we now are blessed with here, it does suddenly look like oh. Or maybe it wasn't as out the blue. Like after they were knocked out, Posey said something about needing to talk about it with his wife about next year. And it's like, maybe that's yeah. just a way of dodging the question. Or maybe that's, I he was clearly considering it at that point. And Zaidi sort of saying they hadn't sorted it. Like it wasn't a straightforward, yeah, of course I'm playing next year thing. Um, but yeah, it's still a massive shock. I was not expecting that at all. I thought it was a question of, whether he takes the money for next year or they do a two or three year deal, I basically thought that's where we were with the yeah, present situation. May, it maybe it could be takes the big player option for next year and then retires or something. But yeah, I mean, particularly after that, the bounce back, is it seemed like this year was our great Buster Posey's back finally, and now he's uh, now he's going again. Um, but, I've got, yeah. but for that reason, I've got enormous respect for him doing this. I'm gutted as a fan but I, I find it hard not to kind of admire the fact that he's he's come back went through the hip rehab and then well, he's kind of got to be impressed with people who just turned down like clearly not just a greed thing where he could have claimed that he could have just taken that player option and taken the money couldn't he and I, I imagine most people would do that even with the amount he's already earned 
he's just turned down that money and said no the health i mean i'm sure he'll say more in his press conference but like clearly like it's a health risk he got hit on the head a few times catching this year he's been through a horrible ankle injury ankle leg injury when he was it like reigning rookie of the year and then he's been through the hip rehab after having like a year or two where it looked like he was just done really as an elite player and then he came back did it and he retires with exactly 1500 hits which is cool and his final home run was an opposite field playoff homer off of walker bueller like it's it's pretty close to going out on top that isn't it it's pretty close that stat you had as well about um final seasons so it's by ops plus it's a bit convoluted he's the actual table that i saw shared on twitter was everyone ever but unless i've missed someone i think his 140 ops plus in his final season is the fourth best final season since the second world war and that's that's ridiculous isn't it yeah, I mean, I mean particularly as he didn't yeah. didn't even play last year. I mean, it, it, it's a good chance. Um, actually, I said this the other day. Did he win comeback player of the year already? Did they, did yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah, he's won it twice now. So he's won comeback one comeback player of the year in his final season. It's, yeah, I think that's yeah. That I th- can't I happened think... before. No, and I think. Well, because it's, it's kind of, that's what I mean about it being amazing. I, I wrote this in my piece that I put on the site today was like, he's achieved what baseball players don't do. You get in other sports where people go out on their terms near the top sometimes. But the nature of the long free agent deals in baseball means even all-timers, inner circle Hall of Famers, what well, we're seeing it with Miguel Cabrera and Pujols and loads yeah. of guys, they very rarely manage to leave thinking, oh, I wish they could have played a bit longer. Yeah. Very, very rare that in baseball. Um, I know Ortiz had it and uh, partly through the benefit of the DH and Bonds had it because of the kind of got blocked out of the league, didn't he, really? But it's incredibly rare that people do that. And it looked like Posey wasn't going to do that until this year. It looked like kind of counting down the days until his contract was going to end with how he played in, in 18 and 19. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I sort of wonder, don't you? Maybe it's like all this, all the rehab and stuff. It's basically maybe he had this in mind. It's like he just, he wants to go out on top. He's all this effort to come back, whereas he could have retired then in the middle of all that injury, couldn't he? When yeah. He, even when he was playing, he wasn't wasn't offering much offensively. Um, but yeah, it's like all this rehab and swing change and stuff just to have this like final year where it can be like, yeah, he... Uh, I'm still that good. Yeah. And it, it's, I think it's got to be the dream, hasn't it, really? If you're an athlete and you can you can finish on that high. I, he might have also had it, I I think it would probably mainly be for himself, but it might have also been a thing to the rest of baseball and Giants fans as a kind of, I, I don't want to be hanging around, stinking the place out. I don't want that to be the final memory people have. And the final thing of Posey's career will be that he was awesome. It's absolutely awesome yeah. this season. And he led the team to the franchise record wins. Is like short of them winning the World Series this year. Yeah, got one he, one more accolade in there at the end. Yeah, yeah. You think the only way he could have gone out on a 
higher levels if they'd won the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Quite an incredible career as well, really. Like, I know it's it's sort of ridiculous that I I think how that there's like doubt about him getting the Hall of Fame. Basically, it's the counting stats thing again, isn't it? There's too much about counting stats, I think, which is again also leads to uh, the those guys that end up. Although they should definitely be Hall of Famers, but sometimes if you're like closer to being borderline, you're actually more likely to get in the Hall of Fame if you do just hang around as like an average if you're player crap. for like five years at the end. Yeah, or worse, if you play, if if you get one of those big contracts and you stay, and you're rubbish, like can't field your position, and hit below league average, and some organisations are, like, well, we're paying him this much, we've got to put him out there. That you bump up your hit totals and things, and it's ridiculous. Um, we could get into a very long, probably quite ranty thing about the Hall of Fame in general and how hard and sort of silly they make it about getting in. I think the counting yeah. stats in general is overplayed. Posey was an elite catcher from like, well, he won Rookie of the Year and was batting cleanup for the team that won the World Series. Yeah. That's nuts. And he, the he won a gold glove hits. as well, showing you that he's not. And if it wasn't for Yadier Molina, he probably would have won a lot more. Yeah, like, he wasn't exactly. just an offensive catcher at all. I mean, he was, and in terms of um, how how you talk about catchers, which I think we've talked about a lot. I think particularly watching Posey a lot and other catchers, is the calling the game thing that is. Well, that that um, not always that about that much, but the, yeah. Basically, how pitchers perform when they're friend Posey, particularly in the biggest moments of their careers. Somehow they are they just they just become like better than they've ever been. Yeah. When they're thrown to Posey um, in, in like a clinching postseason game. It's yeah, it's quite remarkable because he's he's the constant for all that. I mean obviously you've had like the great stuff Bumgarner did. But there's a lot of other pitchers that have had huge um postseason performances or, or even other games and no hitters. He's caught stuff. three no hitters. Yeah. Yep. Caught caught three no hitters. Called every pitch, and didn't get shaken yeah. off I mean, in Matt yeah, Cain's perfect of, game. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's quotes from the pitches, aren't they, from Matt? They were just like, yeah, just, yeah, I just didn't even think. Just did whatever Posey said. Yeah, and I, so I think the Hall of Fame thing shouldn't be close, actually. I, because he is, I, I think it will be contentious. There's already some, some noise about the quantity stuff, and I. I heard someone mention it's a long time since someone with less than 2,000 hits has got in the Hall of Fame, which is so ridiculous, like we were just saying. I mean, there are many reasons people can end up having shorter careers. Um, Posey has done it through choice, and I know everyone's doing rose-tinted yeah. glasses stuff at the moment, but the one thing that gives me hope is that the a lot of baseball writers last night and then t- today have said have referred to him as a, a future Hall of Famer. And they're obviously the guys who are going to be voting. Uh, maybe when people really go into his his career stats in, what, it's five years, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think, though, as well, if you're looking, when you look at the other stuff, which I think really it should always be about, it's basically a museum, isn't it, of baseball history. Yeah. It, the most significant player should get in there. And, I mean, he is, 
he was the most important player in the most successful period of like one of the sport's biggest franchises. So and, and they'd had a huge drought. They hadn't won a World Series in so long, and then he turned up. So I think, yeah, if you view it as a museum, it's a no-brainer. And I think if you view it as just the quality of a player, yeah. 12 years, I know like Yadi Molina's been this crazy Iron Man. He's been there forever. Um, and he's got the counting stats and he's greatest defensive catcher ever or whatever people want to call him. But Posey's been the best catcher in the game as an all-round player because he's been like close to Molina defensively and for most of those 12 years, miles ahead offensively, he's been like an actual middle-of-the-order hitter playing catcher yeah. for a decade. That's crazy. No, no, people aren't meant to do that. Um, and actually, the uh, peak seven-year war, he's in the top 10 for all, any catcher all time. So I think... That's not surprising, yeah. I, I like, it I, should be quite straightforward like to me. almost not... Yeah, his peak maybe may not have even been that long, like his proper peak. I mean, it, there's not a seven-year gap where he's not had uh, a seven-year period where he's not had like either really bad seasons or injuries or whatever, is there? No. So, yeah. I. Yeah, if you were to make that period even shorter, he'd probably be higher up. It's like his, his properly peak years. And, and also when you talk about the stuff like game calling that isn't quantified in those stats but it's like i think that clearly has to be a thing just because of his ridiculous record of well it's it's, isn't he it's like miles ahead on the like playoff um shutouts court isn't he yeah and he's had great pitchers to work with in that but he's also done it as you said with guys who aren't great pitchers he caught bump shutouts from bumgarner but like I mean, that's I'm, one thing. He also caught incredible performances from people who were just like, what? Wait, how? Ty Black. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm i not going to pretend I'm not biased towards things you should get in. But I, in general, am pro. If you think someone's borderline for the Baseball Hall of Fame, it probably means they should be in because they're silly with how tight they are on letting people into it. And I don't think it should be close to Posey. I really don't. Like, He's the best player of his generation at his position that's alone that should just be straight into me like injuries quantity stuff like over a decade we're not talking about two three years where he was the best in his position basically the whole of the 2010s he was the best catcher in the sport and then he had this comeback year to win comeback player of the year again which is kind of wild pretty yeah like 95 percent sure he won it the first time when he came back from the ankle um and then you add the three titles on. I know people don't like to care about the team's success of baseball, but it clearly you can't well, ignore such that. An integral part of it, I think he's he has been a massive reason for the team's success as well. Really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have to wrap up very shortly. Um, yeah. Any 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 final words on Buster Posey? Um, I'm happy for him that he's taken the decision. Um, and gutted personally that we got like one last run of it and we didn't know it was his last his last year but I, yeah. he's not he's not a guy that wants the limelight is he so yeah, I, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have wanted people to know it was no and he might not have known um but yeah I'm I'm gutted about it I, but I'm pleased for him that he can go and do what he wants to and he's 
made his money and had a hell of a career. And I hope that they don't mess around with the Hall of Fame stuff in a few years because I think that would be kind of silly. I guess we'll we'll probably talk about what it means for the Giants as well because obviously that's quite a big hole after the way he's performed this year. Um, in the next podcast, probably. Yes, that, yeah, that's going to have a very big impact on the Giants. Um, um, so yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. If you're still here, and subscribe, and share, and like, and I don't know. Are there any other ones you want to do, Sam? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, just do all of those ones, and then uh, yeah, and then look out for the next one. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.